Oh, here we go. Here we go. There we go. I kind of like that better. Yeah, definitely. That one. Yeah, I like that one a lot better. Uh, do you want to switch it back? What the old? No, this is the one that we have now. Oh, okay. <laughs> do you even listen to the podcast? No, no, I do. I of course I listen to the podcast. Wow. Every once in a while. Dude, I can't believe. <laughs> Every once in a while, I can't believe I forgot. I'm curious to see what that'll sound like with like the intro and then us just yeah. like not talking for thirty seconds. <laughs> That's great. That's um, a great intro. Some updates, everyone. Um, surprisingly, I have figured out how to peel an orange. Ooh, shout out, Aiden. Um, my brother Cole, shout out Cole, texted me uh, after he listened to the podcast. He said, dude, I'm actually crying laughing at how you eat oranges. What's the matter with you? What do you mean you don't know how to eat an orange? <laughs> and then my mom, uh, I think like the same day, she just sent me a YouTube link for a how to peel an orange. Uh, nothing wow. else, just like just the video link. Wow. I was like, wow, that one kind of hurts a little bit. <laughs> Straight up flaming me. Um, but yeah, I did it all all on my own. Tasted great. Had it yesterday. It was fantastic. Chef's kiss. Um, in addition to that, we put uh, a question box thing on our Instagram asking what you thought of episode one. And we got one question. We did get one question, um, which is completely unrelated to everything. Um, but if you do have something to say... Uh, send us a message or something like that maybe if we put it at the beginning of this episode then people will actually hear it you know what, what was that one question uh question uh i think i said something along the lines of like uh we want to hear what you have to say any thoughts concerns roasts about what we said or the film or whatever and john mills shout out john mills my roommate he uh slid up and said how are your parents doing <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the commentary john and so i texted my mom i said hey how are you guys doing and she said, we're doing fine. We're both working a lot, at least 12 hours a day, six days a week. So it keeps us busy. So we're not dwelling on anything else like like me being gone or when we can get our COVID vaccine. Makes sense. Um, we'll be better when we finally meet Cole's girlfriend and actually visit our parents and friends again. Wow. Yikes, Cole. Uh, <laughs> she really... Really just used the avenue of me and Michael's podcast to call you out. Did she know that this was for the pod? Yeah, I told her it was for the podcast. Okay. Uh, okay. So, Cole, major hint here. <laughs> major hint. That Mom really needs to meet your girl. Good job. Okay. That, was <laughs> that was smooth. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's uh, – enough shenanigans. Let's get into Dial In for Murder. Well, first, we wanted to thank you guys for 1,000 listens. Oh, yes. Totally. We just did the out. math, and it turns out that we actually had 1,000 before Season 4 yes. uh, across YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you guys so much. We're at, like, 1,081 right now. 1,113. Oh. Which is crazy. Yeah, so that's exciting and encourages us uh that people are actually listening so and this last episode did pretty well for a week being out so um thank you guys so much yeah thanks for the support keep sharing keep liking keep interacting with us it's all very fun um but yeah dial m for murder uh was the movie that i picked last week for aiden uh, and i had to watch uh the first week star wars the last jedi was kind of a mutual decision between us we're like trying to search for the first movie, and we're like, "Hey, we have a different opinion on this one. Let's 
let's talk about this. And then um, I picked the f- next movie, Dial in for Murder, uh, by Alfred Hitchcock, uh, starring Ray Milan and uh, Grace Kelly. Um, and I picked this because Aiden hasn't seen a lot of uh, much older movies. Um, and I was trying to think of like something that I think that someone who hasn't seen a lot of old stuff would like. And I was talking to some people about it and I'm not sure that I thought at first comedy was the way to go, but then like something exciting and suspenseful, suspenseful, (laughs) suspenseful, I thought would, uh, probably be a bit better. So that's why I picked an Alfred Hitchcock movie. I think this is one of my favorite Alfred Hitchcock movies. Um, it's up there with rear window for me. Um, but yeah, uh, Dial in for murder. Yeah. Um, if we're being honest, I'm not sure that I've ever seen a Alfred Hitchcock film before. Yeah. Which I'm not really sure what else he's, uh, made. His famous stuff is that, I mean, all of his movies are pretty famous, but his famous stuff is psycho, um, the birds and vertigo. Uh, I think I've heard of Vertigo before, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, Psycho's the famous uh, Norman Bates killing in the shower scene. Mm-hmm. You know that famous mm-hmm. music? No. Uh, the birds is when literally the flocks of birds kill people. It's like just flocks of birds descend on people and just start killing people. No, I don't know. It's like a birdemic. Yikes, dude. I feel very like... <laughs> no, no, no. But <laughs> hey, I my hope is that I introduce this movie to you and hopefully maybe you're inspired to check out some more stuff. Because, you know... Again, like all his movies are pretty famous, but these aren't the most. Rev- Dial in for murder. I don't think is the most revered movie that he made. So maybe check some more out. What? Yeah. Um, as I said, this is something that I recommended. So I love this movie. This is the first time I've seen the movie in probably seven or eight years. I think I saw this first when I was probably like ten or eleven. Um, and so yeah, I'm twenty years old now and watching it. Um, for I think like the fourth time and loved it more than i ever have before aiden what was your opinion of the movie dude it was actually like pretty solid like okay i i actually enjoyed it a lot um i would i mean i can't really be mad because it was like a 1950s film Mm -hmm. and i can't really be mad i felt like it wasn't uh super visually appealing okay like some some bits were really interesting visually but you know i can't really be mad at a 1950s film for not being like sure crazy insanely good at visuals but the storyline was actually like really solid it actually reminded me a lot of knives out um yeah had like very similar um just like like the inspector character and the daniel Mm -hmm. Craig character i felt like there were a lot of similarities there um especially towards the end of the film yeah um but yeah it was actually like i was surprised that i enjoyed it as much as i did Knives Out's going to be the new comparison. Everything we talked about in the first episode, now we're talking about it again. No, but it's crazy. Did we talk about Knives Out last we, time? Because we mentioned Ryan Johnson oh, and yes. how yeah. I loved Knives Out, but not as much Last Jedi. Um, yeah, but the influence there of like suspense and thriller, or just murder mystery, I guess, in general, all the way back from the 50s. I agree with you there about visuals. I think a lot of stuff was set up really well visually, but... It's so funny watching older movies because every single one of them have editing errors. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a product of using actual film as opposed to digital editing or what it is, but every old movie has continuity errors. There was the one scene when they're both on the couch 
and like he's leaning forward doing something and then the next cut he's like back in the chair mm-hmm. like in every move every old movie has that and you don't really see that today anymore mm-hmm. I, and you know i think it's become something that people are super aware of but um and it's also funny that the entire movie's shot it's obviously a set mm-hmm. the house itself yeah and you know everything outside the window is green screen mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to comment on that, uh, like towards the end when the inspector guy keeps peeking out the window. Yeah. Like you can very clearly tell that like just the fence is, is real, real and then everything else, like it's very noticeable how much it's like green screen. Yeah. Green screened. It, it almost feels like the, the fence is like super three dimensional, obviously because it is. And then it just like immediately just like, like they're trying to make it 3d, but it just looks like too super flat, like not real at all. Funny you should mention that because uh, I was just reading about the movie and the movie was actually first released in 1954 and it was released in certain theaters in 3D because they did use a 3D camera rig to film it, I guess. Um, sorry about the sirens if you can hear that in the background. Uh, but the movie was released in 3D and apparently people were not buying it. They're like, this looks terrible. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> and so uh, the theater where it was released was like, okay, let's release it in normal standard uh viewing uh and that's how it was shifted but you know green screen was more complicated than it is today mm-hmm. you know it's very simple today to do using software um and it was like a, a film technique that you had to do by hand uh back then but it was funny mm-hmm. how much that draws you out of it you mm-hmm. know yeah it's like oh this serious moment or whatever is in in green screen mm-hmm. um but that leads me to something I didn't realize about the movie watching it before um, that almost the entirety of it is takes place in the house in mm-hmm. the apartment mm-hmm. um, except for one scene when Tony goes to the party and mm-hmm. a couple scenes in cars outside mm-hmm. otherwise it's completely in the apartment which is impressive that an engaging movie you know, can all take place in one space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, was, I actually wrote that down um, like the first 30 minutes or so before, I forget uh, what what cut happened, um, but the first 30 minutes all just feels like a continuous shot. Yeah. Like it starts out with the dude and his wife. I didn't write down anyone's name, so I... Uh, Tony and Margot. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Whatever. <laughs> um the, the dude and his wife are there um, and they're chatting it up for like 10, 15 minutes. And then um, like she leaves and I, it might fade to black. It might not. I don't remember. Um, but then like as soon as she leaves, then the next guy comes in uh, or like he calls the the car guy. Swan. Yeah, yeah Swan. Uh, and then he comes in and it just feels like it like transitioned mm-hmm. right into the next thing. Um, and after like I think it was 30, 35 minutes. And it, I was starting to notice, I was like, oh, like, this is all in the same place. Like, yeah. I wonder if the entire film is going to be in this space or if they're actually going to move somewhere else. They did move to the um, the party or wherever right. um, the guy went. But it was super interesting how um, they managed to keep the entire plot line all within the confinements of a house or whatever. Yeah, with a lot of dialogue as well. Mm-hmm. Heavy dialogue scenes of just straight talking. Um, 
which which I think was impressive and and they do it and they and they make it more impressive through blocking and like the way that the characters move around the things they're doing you know there's scenes of Tony talking a long time about his plot to kill his wife and you know while he's talking he's walking around with a handkerchief wiping things off wiping swan's fingerprints off of everything and like these little things just make it more engaging than just two characters sitting there mm-hmm. talking and that's the great thing i think there are, there are a couple scenes when tony's in the apartment alone plotting or doing something or setting something up and he's really you know there's no talking because he's there alone but it's engaging still mm-hmm. um and then there's scenes where the talking is amplified by the things they're doing uh but you're right like it does feel like a lot of long shots and just long scenes, but they do flow super well. And I, re- I realized, I was like, wait, the murder is happening right now. It's already 40 minutes into mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. Um, and the movie is, it's an hour and 45 minutes. Um, and yeah, it just, it does, you're right, just flow really well. Yeah, when the murder was about to happen, I was like, mm, this seems like pretty, like near the beginning of the film for it to happen already. I was kind of surprised. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen eventually. Um, I was going to toss in there. um, Some of the shots were, like, super weird. Like, I remember, um, I think the dude went to go get scissors from the basket or something. Mm -hmm. And the camera, like, followed him over. And he, like, you know, opened the basket, grabbed the scissors. And I feel like I was expecting, like, just from today's movie culture or whatever, that... Like, they're showing that for a reason. And, like, maybe the wife is, like, doing something, you know, and then the camera pans back and it's like, oh, surprise, you know, whatever right. that may have been. Um, but it was literally just a shot of him, like, walking over, opening the basket, <laughs> getting the scissors, walking back, and she goes, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know, like, I, I, like today's movie culture, that would just be, like, cut. Like, oh, yeah, I went and got sure. the scissors and I'm back now. Sure. Whereas... Like what happened? I would have expected something like, like oh, like killer has a knife to the neck or something <laughs> crazy like that. Did you find that that worked, even um, though it was different from what you were familiar with? Yeah, I mean, I had trouble like trying to piece together like why that would have happened. I don't know if that was just like what Hitchcock mm-hmm. was like. Oh yeah, this is what the shot that I want, or if like they're trying to save film or something, um, because I know that like. It's expensive. Yeah, yeah even when yeah. you stop, like you still use quite a bit, and like starting it up and waiting for everyone to be ready to roll or whatever that takes a lot of film. Um, so maybe it just like was more beneficial to just keep it rolling. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't really bothersome or anything. It was right. just like right. a weird thing that I noticed. Yeah, um, I was I was curious. You're you're talking about the murder and um, yeah, spoilers, guys. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we didn't say the movie's called Dialing for Murder, but yeah, now on spoilers. Um, what, what did you expect with the movie? Like, like what surprised you about the movie? Cause I was thinking about it. Um, and again, like I picked this movie cause it was suspenseful. I thought it would be exciting, but then I, it wasn't until I sat down to watch it where I was like, wait, there are like twists in this movie and it's exciting to watch. Like this is this is going to be entertaining for Aiden. What did you, what did you think was going to happen? What surprised you? Yeah. Um, so right at the beginning when, uh, Swan, the Swan dude came, um, I felt like the husband, Tony 
Tony. Yeah, Tony. I felt like Tony was very open about just like straight up murdering his wife. I was like, <laughs> dude, that's, <laughs> I don't know that I would say that to like an old high school friend yeah. or whatever. <laughs> um, but like, you know, he goes a little bit deeper and you find out that he's been following Swan for, because he needs him to do his dirty right. work or whatever. Um, and so you, you find a little bit more about that. Um, I think, um, he, Tony was like a very charming guy, like very persuasive, like definitely had everything planned out. And I was like, okay, this guy like knows what he's doing probably. And like, he'll probably get to murder his wife. I feel like, uh, his wife cheating on him. Uh, I feel like murder is a little bit, a little, a, yeah, a little overkill, violent I mean, repercussion. I mean, yeah. you can do what you want, <laughs> but like, you know, maybe just a divorce, maybe like try and get all our money or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that kind of fills in with uh, her will and like, apparently she had more money than he did. So he was like, all right, sweet. I can just get the money like for sure. Um, I don't know if that was his actual murder. For right, right. Um, and then the murder is happening at 40 minutes, and I'm like, okay, I feel like like this might actually ha- happen, like, swiftly. But then I was like, okay, there's still an hour left. Like, there's definitely something that's going to go wrong. So and did you think she was going to die? I did think she was going to die. I thought she was going to die up until she and the writer guy, whatever yeah. his name Mark. is. Mark. Whenever they left in the little scenario with the key happened, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, wait, no, sorry. Messed that up. <laughs> uh, whenever Tony and Mark were leaving okay. and she was staying and that was the night like, right, right, right. to the party or whatever. Um, whenever there's a little fiasco with the key, like, oh, like I need your key, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So things started to go wrong a little bit and then yeah, you yeah. thought maybe she's going to live. Yeah, I, I think I wrote down... Um, I said literally everything started going wrong. RIP. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, like now that things are starting to have like little bumps in the road, then I could tell that something wasn't going to go as planned. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I thought that was super great twist that his watch was off. And then yeah. Swan yeah. like, it just was like, okay, I'm, I'm a leave then. <laughs> like, it was whatever. stressful. Yeah, it was stressful. Like I was on the edge of my seat actually. Um, and then, you know, ends up happening. Uh, I thought it was very strategic that um, they didn't show him specifically walking over to the curtain from the door. Like, it kind of makes you wonder, like, oh, did he just leave or did right. he, like, hide somewhere or did he actually, like, walk back over or whatever? And then that reveals that later on he did replace the key. Yeah, he just Remember? put the key back. Yeah. Um, and... Um... Yeah, he almost murdered her, had her right there, and then... And did that surprise you, that she stabbed him with scissors yeah, and got I, away? Yeah, I was very surprised. Um, I felt like his reaction was a little, like, uh, like over the top, maybe. Yeah. Because it didn't seem like the scissors were, like, that far in. Like, oh, yeah, like, I'd <laughs> be in pain, maybe, but I'd probably just, like, pull it out or whatever. Sure. And then he just, like, was, like, sprawling, whatever, and was, like, spinning around. And then eventually he just, like, falls on his back. And I was, like, oh, yep, yeah, that's going to hurt. And yeah, there's certainly just, a like, bit of... shows the, the scissors, like, going straight yeah. through. And I was, like, all right, yeah, he's dead, yeah. definitely. A bit of melodrama for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you mentioned the scissors. You mentioned um. Tony being really open about 
the murdering his wife to this random dude and that not being super like careful and that's surprising i think that's one of the things that makes the story really compelling because i think that that is revealing information prior to its explanation and this mm-hmm. movie does that a lot and certainly this isn't the only movie that does that but this movie did it really well um at the beginning it talks about you know and remind me to talk about the relationship because this pertains to it but um she says first he quit tennis and then he was wonderful to me like he was always home and everything and um you kind of think about that and then tony later explains why he quit tennis and Mm -hmm. was being wonderful to her Mm -hmm. um same with the letter you know she talks about the letter that she lost later reveals that tony was the one that stole the letter um uh you know the stalking under the placemat you see him put the stocking in the placement. You're like, what? And then mm-hmm. later on, that has everything to do with his alibi. Mm-hmm. Um, and potentially that Margot had to do with, had something to do with Swan and knew him. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned the scissors, right? You know, so the significant sweeping camera, you're like, that's a little weird. Like they make such an emphasis of him walking and get scissors. That later has everything to do with how she gets away from Swan attacking her, mm-hmm. you know? So in the time you you do it you do notice hmm. that's true yeah at the time you notice hmm, weird big dramatic shot for him to just go get scissors and hand them to his wife mm-hmm. later that means everything and is the reason that all his plans go wrong um, so that is really well done just revealing information to the audience before explaining it and let them hang there a second and think about these things and then it's like oh that's why that happened and there's a bunch of times I didn't mention um, their relationship. I, again, I mentioned that like, the first time I saw this, I was probably like 10. And we were just talking about, before this podcast or recording, we're talking about the Tiger Woods uh, <laughs> yeah. documentary on HBO that Aiden's watched. I haven't watched it yet. But we're kind of talking about how when we were younger in Tiger Woods' prime, we didn't really understand a lot of the things that were like going on in his life. Yeah, like 2009, 2010. Yeah, didn't really get um, what was distracting him from golf and like what was the issue there. And I think the same thing went for this movie for me. Like when I watched this at first... I was like, okay, Tony's the villain. He's a bad guy. He wants to murder his wife for her money. But it's so much more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the first scene of the movie, the first minute and 30 seconds doesn't have any words and it tells you so much. Mm -hmm. You know, Tony kisses Margot. They're at the breakfast table. She reads in the paper that this old friend of hers is coming to town. Um, Then next scene, she's kissing him. And it wasn't as one-sided as I remember it being as a kid. As a kid, I was kind of like, oh, they're in love. They should be together. This Tony guy's in the way, and he's a bad guy anyway. But, like, it's way more complex than that. Mm-hmm. And you're right. You know, obviously murdering someone's way too big of a retaliation. But it is such a more interesting dynamic than just this guy's evil and wants her money. You know, and certainly that may have been a another influence for him murdering her. But I don't know. It was... Uh, just their relationship in general, I think, was super compelling. Yeah. Um, I was going to say... Um, shoot, I lost it. Um, I'm looking at my notes. That's tragic. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll look at my notes. and uh, <laughs> I, I, else. I did put an LOL down for the intermission. I thought that was pretty funny. The five-second intermission? Yeah, I the, love that. Yeah. I, I was... I was wondering if the streaming service we put it on shortened it 
surely not. I I that was interesting because hour and forty five minutes movies. I, I've seen a lot of movies of that decade. An hour and forty five minute movies I feel as if don't frequently have intermissions. Mm-hmm. Intermissions typically belong to. I've seen a lot of musicals that are like two and a half hours that have intermissions. Dramas, mm-hmm. you know, Gone with the Wind has an intermission. Yeah. So that was that was funny. Yeah. I I it was and like I don't I can't remember any time I've watched a movie other than like a recording of a musical like a Hamilton on Disney Plus or something like that, that where there's actually yeah. been like an intermission. I thought I thought that was interesting. It's kind of weird, just because I hadn't seen it before, but. And also, then, yeah, and it was five five seconds long. <laughs> it's interesting, like Hamilton has it on a streaming service, because um, I guess like the the ability to stream and to pause and to watch something at home in general, I guess like the VHS right was I guess the first times you could pause something, mm-hmm. you know, um, completely takes away the point of an intermission to take a break and go stretch. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, again, like it's just so strange to see an intermission, let alone. <laughs> Yeah. It only be five seconds long. Yeah. Um I was gonna oh, okay. I was gonna say, uh, before I mentioned the intermission, uh it was interesting to see like um like I you kinda I could I kinda picked up once uh Oh, someone's calling you. Yeah, I got a call, my bad. Uh, I will uh call you back, Mr. Wazak. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Um, so once, uh, once the, the guy, Tony, uh, interested, uh, introduces like his plan to murder his wife or whatever, like you pick up that it's about to be like a murder mystery thriller or whatever. Um, and I was actually wondering, like I was interested in trying to figure out who like you as the viewer were going to be siding with, like, right. Because in the beginning you're kind of like, I kind of side with the girl, whatever. And then he like explains his predicament and i'm like okay maybe like maybe the movie's gonna go in a way where we're like rooting for tony to actually get to murder his wife mm-hmm. and it's kind of similar to like a breaking bad thing where um, you're rooting for this bad character right, you're rooting bad things. yeah you're rooting for the bad character um but it, like you want him to be able to continue or whatever um so i was interested to figure that out eventually you know it takes the moral high road and it's like no murder is bad and whatever um he gets caught, but I I just thought that was interesting where it, it kind of took me like a lengthy amount of time to figure out who I was rooting for. That is so, that was so huge in this. Because I remember writing down like antagonist Tony. I was like, I don't know if he's the antagonist. And like, I remember again, like when I was young watching this, just thinking, oh yeah, these Mark and Margot, they're in love and like, this evil guy is trying to kill her. That's not the way I watched it this time. And, you know, I think ultimately, like, you're not super upset that Tony's convicted or is caught at the end. But I was a little bit torn. And, you know, and that's so interesting that the movie, I honestly think you could view the inspector as the antagonist. This guy that is, um, at the end of the day, revealing Tony to be, uh, the murderer or the attempted attempting murderer but like yeah I, tony could be you know the protagonist i think what did you think at the end like what di- what did you feel and who were you rooting for yeah i mean it was kind of hard to not root for uh old tony 
Just, yeah. Just because, uh, you know, his plan was, like, pretty well put together. And That's the other thing. It's not even a moral thing. It's, it, like, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, like, I knew what he was doing, and he seemed to be, like, doing it pretty well, I guess. Yeah. And then when everything went wrong, you're like, oh, shoot, like, this guy's in trouble. Right. And then he still managed to, like, get back up on his feet. He's overcoming adversity. That's right. <laughs> we love to see it. We love to see it. <laughs> um, and he, you know, kind of made the best of the situation. It's not what he was, like, going for, but um, he was obviously being pretty smart about everything. Um it was so crazy that the that the inspector like managed to catch the key thing. Yeah. Because I was like, whenever he showed up at the end and he like switched the jackets and things like that, I was like, I literally have no idea like What's what he's on? doing. Um, and like that's not even something you think. It I mean, he doesn't really show the uh, Swan guy putting the key back earlier in the film, but you just kind of think. And I mean, even Tony thought he was like, oh yeah, you know, like keys in the pocket that's obviously the key that i gave him or that he found there because why would he carry his key or you know something like Mm -hmm. that and so i'll just put it back real quick blah blah blah. so then the key has been out there the whole time and the wrong key is in her purse yeah which is interesting like you would have had to follow it super super deeply to figure that out before it was revealed yeah you're right and i think i like that and i and it's interesting how unconventional i didn't think of this until now but the way you're talking about that it's it's such an unconventional mystery in a way because so many murder mysteries including like let's say knives out are just a trail of clues where it's like you reveal Mm -hmm. this you reveal this and then daniel craig's character uh benoit blanc he's like puts these clues together that the audience never would have been able to see Mm -hmm. you know um and that's just like oh of course the reveal but this didn't work that way at all and i love the way that they kept the story going for an hour and 45 minutes because for a little bit of time they were trying to figure out the mystery then they're like oh you know what never mind she margo was the murderer and then for a good chunk of the movie uh or even before she was convicted she was convicted for a good chunk of the movie it becomes is margo the murderer and then it's all tony you know kind of convincing people that she is and so there's this big hiatus from like the original plot and then that final return because the reveal is just one clue mm-hmm. you know he talks about tracing the money trail around town and then the one clue is the key that like gives everything away so there wasn't really a whole lot of pieces to follow and put together for the whole movie i thought that was super interesting yeah um i was going to mention um it really weirded me out when the the you know uh Crime, Inspector. crime thriller writer guy. Oh yeah, the Mark. detective writer. Mark. Whenever he just like plops in, I was like, okay, I know how to save your wife, and then he and just then spits out the entire thing that happened. I was that like, was great. It's like, dude, if I was, uh, if I was Tony, Tony I freaking lost out. it. I would have been like, okay, you got me, dude. Like, <laughs> how did you figure that out? Like, that, yeah, I was so blown away that he just like was like, oh, like maybe blah blah blah. This, I'm like. How how is that like your first inclination? Like, no, you literally that, know everything that he did. Yeah. And that was so, that was so well done. In that scene where he comes in and starts talking about, um, like this plan to save Margo and then spits back Tony's entire plan to him. The inspector comes in and they start, you know, talking about the plan. And then, you know, Mark reveals that Tony has all his cash in his room. What's this for? He must have murdered Margo or tried to murder Margo. Um, 
and I talked about the blocking a bit and how like the blocking made talking scenes like a hundred times better just the way that characters are moving around the things that they were doing it was so well done my favorite shot in the movie happens in this scene where the inspector and Mark are sitting behind the desk looking at Tony's bank statement to make sure that he hasn't been withdrawing money and then Tony starts to explain this guy blackmailed her and she was seeing him to pay him and that's where this money's from and I was trying to hide that because it definitely would have convicted her and gotten her killed and while he's explaining that there's tons of shots in movies where the camera moves in closer to an actor you know maybe it starts from far away and it goes all the way into a close-up and that's and it's powerful and it like makes you it's compelling and is dramatic but this shot starts in a wide of like from Tony's head to his feet and he slowly walks in as he's talking and it ends in a close-up of Tony all the way from a wide to a close-up and I don't know why but like I was watching that and that was so powerful to me and was just like wow I've never thought and it happens in movies it must happen in movies I just don't acknowledge it Mm -hmm. but it was slow and methodical and you know as he's giving this dramatic speech about like I just didn't want to give my wife up like he's lying and it's so true at the same time and um as he's walking up closer to the camera and that was just super powerful and then then the reaction shot of the two people the inspector and mark sitting there they totally believe him and they're like both kind of like oh man rip like we thought our plan was true but he's totally telling the truth like the power that the camera shows is the same power that they believe and like hitchcock and the camera operator whoever it was just really captured that through the camera work and it was just so so well done um and like I found myself moved to tears nearly during that shot. <laughs> Not because it was sad, but just because I was like, wow, the filmmaking and the uh, just is insane. And I had, I was talking to my friend who's also in, in, uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> I was talking to my friend who's also in film and TV. And he was talking about the great dictator, which is uh, Charlie Chaplin. And we're talking about how sometimes it's discouraging to watch stuff, knowing that you'll never make something that good. I I watched this movie and thought to myself I will never ever make something this amazing and my friend brought up um, it's not it's encouraging to not have to live up to that standard it's like we have these people that we look up to we have movies like Dial In For Murder that Ryan Johnson was able to look up to for Knives Out and movies like it not specifically that movie but you know suspense Mm -hmm. thrillers in general and they're able to look up to it and aspire to it Mm-hmm. But there's no pressure to be it. Yeah. Um, which, a little bit of a digression, but um, yeah. Um, yeah. Another th- little thing. Um, the set dressing I thought was great. The mise-en-scene. Uh, there's one shot of Tony sitting in front of his trophies. like He's sitting there talking to Swan about his plan. And Swan's like, why should I believe you? And like I'm leaving your apartment, I'm you're crazy. And like Tony's so confident, he's like, I've got him. Like I'm gonna blackmail yeah. him. Yeah. And he's sitting in front of all his tennis trophies, sitting on above the fireplace, and it's just such like a proud image of like him sitting in front of his trophies. And Hitchcock's really good at that. There's scenes in The Birds, or no, I'm sorry, Psycho, where Norman Bates is sitting in front of like, um like deer antlers on the wall and like all these big like scary objects and then his victim is sitting in front of like birds 
mm-hmm. and like these like um birds that are typically preyed on and just he's really good at like set dressing and conveying characters that way so yeah that was that was really well done i thought yeah um I also want to throw in uh, the last shot of the film was kind of bothersome to me. It was oh, really just <laughs> the dude pulling out his comb and combing his mustache. So Tony gets Tony gets captured. He says, "All right, you got me. I tried to murder Margot." And the, and it's I and I remember thinking this. It was a minute left, and I was like, "What's going to happen after this?" The inspector pulls out a comb from his pocket as he's calling the police and just combs his mustache, and that's it. Well, yeah, what well, you didn't like it? I don't like. It. I don't know that it was necessarily bad or whatever. It was just like, I was like, I don't know. What, why is that your last shot? Like, why would it not be something that symbolizes like Tony being captured or like, uh, Margo and, uh, the other guy, Mark, Mark being able to, you know, live happily together or whatever. Um, but it was literally just this guy, like, like combing his mustache is like a symbol of like, ah, oh, yes, like I'm superior and I got you. Like I cracked the case. I don't know. Okay. Interesting. And I was wondering about it too. And I was thinking about it last night and I think it was such like an indifferent motion. And like, he's not, it wasn't this moment of triumph where he's like, I've done it. I've solved the problem. He's like combing his mustache and thinking, I think it was supposed to be like a very neutral gesture after this woman I, I don't know I think the I think the gesture was very honest in the fact that like you thought that just some the initial thought was some intruder th- th- some intruder tried to murder a woman and didn't get away with it thankfully then you find out that oh actually she was involved with him in some sketchy blackmail thing and she murdered him and then finally like it's like oh he was he was planning to murder her because she was cheating on him mm-hmm. and so it's like almost like that's that's not great like that's not happy that we find that out mm-hmm. and it was kind of this indifferent like huh like him just thinking about it so it was a strange place to end but i think that may have been it just like something it had to be something kind of neutral cuz like the story again I didn't understand this when I was 10, but the story isn't really a happy one. It isn't like, Hey, happily ever after they get to be a couple. It's like a kind of like still stinks. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that could be just me stretching for a meeting in a very odd, (laughs) odd ending. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know that I have anything else to say. I mean, um, as my first Alfred Hitchcock uh, film uh, experience. Uh, I was, you know, very impressed. I might, you know, mess around and watch another one. Hey. Um, but overall, thought you know, it was very thrilling. Like I said, there were a few moments where uh, visually I was, sure. you know, like, oh, like that means something. And other times I was just like, was literally just panning around of the dude talking. So I very much felt like you had to pay like a lot of attention to what was being said. And, uh-huh. um, not so much to i feel like um in modern movies you know it looks so clean and and sleek and stuff that yeah you can kind of pay attention by watching what's happening rather than listening sure not all the time but you know sometimes um and this one i i've felt like 
you know, they were kind of limited. I mean, we could tell by the screen, green screen, they were kind of limited in what they could do visually. Yeah, um, certainly. And that's so uh, that you had to pay attention to what, what they were saying and what was going yeah. on behind the scenes. Yeah. That's a totally valid barrier. Like, um, it, it's almost as if today anything's achievable. Um, money, money's a part of it, you know, anything's achievable with money, but also just like, I mean, the camera that we have on our phones is able to capture something more crisply crisp yeah sure than what they were able to back then yeah, and that's that's, true. that's crazy and so you know that's definitely a barrier to get over and like a huge difference um but yeah, i'm glad you enjoyed it like i'm glad i'm glad like that you might you know check more out from him yeah yeah anything else no, again, leave uh, comments. We're going to put up another box about Dylan for Murder. I imagine uh, not many people are following along with movies, but if you've ever seen this, on, then leave a comment on what you think of the movie. And I know it's not as popular as uh, last week, so like it's not as big of a chance that any of you have seen it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, leave a comment. Yeah. Um, like we said before, really appreciate all the support we're getting. Uh, we, we got a lot of, lot of love on the last one, which was awesome. Um, felt like we interacted with a lot of people. Um, I had someone that, uh, I don't really like talk to that much. Um, they like sent me a message. They were like, Oh my gosh. Like I had no idea that you are doing a podcast and I'm super excited to like, listen to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> thanks for paying attention. I guess. <laughs> I know. Uh, it feels good. Yeah. It feels great. Uh, so, uh, we just want to thank you again, continuously over and over, um, just for, you know, supporting us and uh, making this a fun thing for us to do. Um, so moving into next episode, episode three, um, we will be discussing the 2019. Yeah, 2019. 2019 film starring Adam Sand- Adam Sandler. Directed by the Safdie brothers. And also starring Kevin Garnett. 2008 <laughs> NBA champion Kevin Garnett. <gasps> the film Uncut Gems. Yeah. Uh, which... This was my choice, actually. Um, Michael has seen it. Michael really loves it. Um, it. I tried to sit down and watch it one time, and it was just so crazy and made me uh, like stressed out. It made me. It's a very stressful film. Um, I would. I would say. I mean, like I said, haven't finished it. Um, made it probably a third of the way through the film, and I just like couldn't get back into it. I would say it's kind of similar to Parasite in a way of being so stressful, like. Like yeah, like unpleasant in ways. To like watch. Yeah, yeah, like I re- I, re- I uh, pulled up Parasite on HBO Max the other night. I was like, mm, do I want to watch this? Like it's a lot of commitment to sit down and watch a film that stresses you out that much. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to like actually sit down and like have to watch it because I'll have to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's the film that we're doing next week. Yeah, please uh, follow along. It's on Netflix. Yes. Pretty sure. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that conversation. Yeah. And I'm excited for you to watch the whole thing through. Cause yeah. It's <laughs> Finally. It's exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you guys so much uh, for listening. Um, reach out to us. Talk to us. Yeah. Um, uh, Cole, please, please let mom meet your girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, goodness. <laughs> I'm going to stay out of that conversation, but <laughs> for sure. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.